Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of The Shift Spot. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I specialize in helping visionaries achieve breakout results and scale with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, and we believe our knowledge, skill set, and support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests, so go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. Hey everyone, this is Winter with the Shift Spotlight, and today we are here with Rob Levin. He is the co-founder and chairman of Work Better Now and can be found at workbetternow.com. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks for having me, Winter. Excited to be on. So awesome to have you here. Okay, so let's start with a fun fact. What is something interesting that people may not know about you? Uh, well, before I started my career as a professional, sometime in college, I promoted concerts. And those concerts, some of those concerts included the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Meatloaf, Bob Dylan, Elvis Costello, and Steve Miller, to name a few. Nice. That's a, that's a pretty impressive lineup. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> he, he played, first of all, the, one of the nicest guys that I met during that, that whole thing. And he played our campus center ballroom, 800 people. Two years later, two years later, he was selling out Madison Square Garden again. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is an interesting fact. Okay. So why don't you tell us at a high level what it is you do? Sure. Work Better Now provides incredible remote talent from Latin America for U.S.-based small and mid-sized businesses. So roles include things like executive assistants, marketing coordinators, um, customer service reps, inside sales, business development uh, assistants, about 40 different roles. And we do it only on a full-time dedicated basis, mean, which means that our professionals are like any other employee that the company has. They're just working remotely and paid through us. And we provide some additional services like coaching. And we're now building something called the WBN Academy. But in a nutshell, what we do is we provide incredible talent from Latin America for a U.S.-based business. Interesting. So what motivated you to get into this business, start this business? Something yeah. tells me you can help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so when we started, we were just uh, providing executive assistance for business owners because we believed, and we still do believe, every business owner should have an assistant. And actually where this started was about 11 years ago when I hired my first assistant, and when I and I had at that point, I had already had my own business for 10 or so years, and I couldn't believe I didn't do it sooner because it changed my life, changed my business, changed my life. And um, I, I have a pretty big network in the New York area of business owners uh, because I used to own a media company for business owners in New York. And they were all asking me, what's the story with your assistant? I know she's not in the office with you. And I said that, well, um, you know, believe it or not, my assistant is in uh, Latin America. In this case, it was El Salvador. And everybody was asking me, well, how can I get one of these assistants? Because my assistant, Jessica, who's now the general manager of Work Better Now, she just blew everybody away with, with her work ethic and, and her smarts, et cetera. And um, at some point, I realized 
you know what? I can do a better job than, than this company that I'm referring everybody to. And I was in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it was for a different business. And uh, my college roommate uh, was, was up there as well. And we decided to, uh, to, to start the business. So we started out just providing executive assistance for businesses. Every business owner should have an assistant. And then what happened is our clients kind of paved the way. Our clients led the way by hiring two, three, four, five of our people. And we were like, well, what do you need? How many assistants do you need? Well, actually, Rob, we're putting them in all of these different roles because these people are really talented. So we pivoted a little bit to really almost become a talent partner for our clients. Mm. Um, and it's been going gangbusters ever since. So um, do you have any clue? I'm just curious, like what the percentage of owners, CEOs don't have assistance? Because I, I got to tell you, I run into quite a few of them and I'm like, how are you doing it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. And I was in these I was in this in this boat. And keep in mind, I was always surrounded by business owners because I owned a media company that was for business owners. So I know thousands of business owners. And again, I was one of these for all these years that didn't have one. I don't know what the percentages are. My guess is that if you look at business owners in general, it's probably five percent. But it I know most of the business owners that I work with that are in peer groups like EO and Vistage and Gathering of Giants. Most of them do have uh, assistance because they understand that their time is best spent on their unique abilities mm -hmm. and, and having somebody else do everything else. Right. And so, um, you know, we were actually my partner and I were talking about EO and YPO and Vistage today and all of that. And, you know, there, there's a certain threshold that you, you have to generate revenue wise in order to get into those groups. And so we realized like, you know, not many, not many businesses, believe it or not, actually hit that revenue marker. And so we were just talking about how underserved so many business owners and CEOs are because they can't get into some of these support groups where you talk about things like having an assistant is important and all of that. So, um, you know, it sounds like you've been very, very successful in the business world and you've probably, you know, screwed up a lot of things along the way. And we're definitely going to talk about that, but let, let's start with something that you, you did right that you can like look back and say, you know what, I, I nailed that. Yeah, so uh, it's a great, great question. Um, fortunately, you know, this business worked better now, which is now six years old. Uh, my partner and I were able to look to kind of take advantage of all of the mistakes we made over the years. And I think one of the big things that we did right was from, the, from almost day one, we established our core values. It wasn't day one, I take that back. We established one of our core values on, on day one, which was our talent comes first. I remember being in the bar when we came up with the idea for this and said we were doing it. Had it had to have been a bar. Uh, oh, I'm sorry? <laughs> had, had to be we a have bar. <laughs> it had to be a bar. Yeah, that's a that's a different podcast. So um, <laughs> so we we that was one of our core values. We have five more uh, that probably came about I say two to three years in because, we, you know, the core values come about not because these are things you want to do, but these are the things we're doing. And it obviously it took us time to build up a team, et cetera, and, and, start, and, and creating those core values and actually living by them in the business day in and day out, um, I think has been one of the best things that we have done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of companies, you know, don't necessarily take the time or even when they do they may not implement the values through down through the team right and and really get everyone on board and aligned with that so 
you know, how many employees do you have? Like, we know you got to deal with a, t a lot of 1099s, but how many employees actively work it work better now? Yeah. So we have about 330 working for our clients wow. and they're spread out throughout Latin America. And then as far as our team, we're somewhere around 30. Uh, mm -hmm. My partner's in, a, we're hundred percent remote. Um, mm -hmm. My partner's in LA. We have three salespeople in the United States. And then the rest of our team is in Latin America, including our leadership team. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, my partner and I will be going down to the Dominican Republic in a few weeks because we meet with our leadership team in person somewhere in Latin America every six months. Gotcha. So then how many do you have out of those employees? How many do you have on your leadership team? How many are, are managing others? I think that there's I think we're we're my partner, myself and four others right now. And okay. we're we're actually looking for a big hire right now. So um, gotcha. be one more soon. So you obviously believe in talent. You obviously know how to recruit and attract talent, which is something a lot of CEOs and owners, they, they do not know. They hire the person they like, not the person who's going to be the best fit for the job. But then, you know, what, what strategies do you use to build strong and effective teams that can support the day-to-day -day operations so you're not being a slave to your business? Wow. There's so much, there's so much in that question. So First of all, we, we hire for our team, just like we do for our clients, we hire very carefully, right? Mm -hmm. um, and somebody not only has to, it, so a candidate has to not only have the skill sets that we're looking for, but has to fit within those core values. Like we take this core value stuff really seriously. It comes up every week at our, we, have, we run on EOS, something called EOS Entrepreneurial Operating System. So in our L10, it comes up. I noticed up, that on your profile. Yeah. And then um, we, we have these W awards that we give to our staff when they're earned up to each week and they're based on our core values. So first of all, is there a fit within our core values? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, going back to EOS, we're very KPI focused and mm -hmm. at the same time, very focused on our culture. And again, this is just once again, comes back, comes back to our core values. And um that really, you know, between hiring the right people and then having a system in place, particularly with KPIs, um, mm -hmm. uh, that really, I think, keeps everybody aligned. And occasionally, some something somebody doesn't work out. It's usually because it's it's less often because the KPIs aren't being hit, although that does happen. It's more because there's there's a deviation from the core values. Right, right. Or we made a hire that. You kind of had a gut feeling that weren't going to meet the core values, but you know, we needed the, the right people in the right seat, like EOS likes to say, you know, and yeah. uh, we just did it. So um, there's that too. So you've obviously scaled your business. You've scaled, you know, I mean, having, you know, even if they're remotely 330 plus leadership team, you, you've done it very fast in six years. What challenges have taken you by surprise in that scale and how have you handled them? Um, I'm going to I'm going to give you one right now that we're dealing with right now, um, which is we've been fortunate that I would say 95 percent of our growth, 95 percent of our new business comes from referrals. That's great. That's amazing. However, and we're, we're growing exceptionally well. We'll make the Inc. 5000 this year, our first year that will be eligible. But we know that there's the ability for us to serve even more clients and, and help more businesses with their talent needs. And we haven't figured out how do we go beyond referrals. We've tried different ad agencies, and to date, nothing has worked. 
And, um, you know, borrowing from a strategic coach principle, who not how, we decided late last year that we are going to hire a chief marketing officer or a chief revenue officer, which are not, we're not sure which one, um, because we know we, we know that there's a demand for what we do, um, but we haven't cracked the code on how do we market beyond referral. So rather than banging our head against the wall any further, we are going to, we're, we're now, we hired a recruiter and we're now interviewing for that uh, CMO or CRO role. Well, that's awesome. That that kind of brings me to my next point then. So aside from that, where do you see yourself investing resources for the next year? Yeah, great question. So uh, we are continually, we, our recruiting department is really incredible. Um, they get thousands of applications each month and less than 1% end up being qualified to interview with, with our clients. And they are constantly, constantly um, looking at that process and figuring out how can we make it even better including the matching part about matching uh, candidates with, uh, with prospective clients. So that's one area. But the, the area I think that I'm most excited about is we're building something called the WBN Academy. Mm -hmm. And what this really comes down to is the pace of change in business keeps accelerating and it's only yeah. going to get faster, right? Yeah. AI is a, great, is a great example. And when you're, when you're in a small or mid-sized business, like, a lot of our, like all of our clients are, it, you have to stay on top of those changes. It doesn't mean you have to be the first to, to start using AI, but you really have to think about how is this affecting how my customers buy, the products that they buy, how I need to market, how, how are, do my employees like to be managed and how is that changing? All of these things that a business owner and a business needs to, to face. And what we're trying to do with the WBN Academy is to provide continuous learning to what we call the, the Work Better Now remote professionals these 330 people, um, continuous learning on things like AI and other technologies and even communications so that they're always getting better and they are then expanding the capabilities of our clients. That's right. something that I'm very excited about. We, we're just rolling out a pilot program right now. I'm sure there's yeah. plenty, of, plenty of bumps along the way, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So um, as the CEO, what keeps you up at night? What's been uh, what, and I'm going to add it to that. Like what's been the yeah. most difficult part of your CEO journey? Well, my, so, you know, this is the first business I've had where I have a partner and he's actually the CEO. I'm the chairman. I'm the, in, in EOS terms, I'm the visionary, uh, but we really, we run the company together. Um, that's a, that's a great question. I think that the, the most challenging thing is trying to stay one step ahead of, of where the market's going. And interestingly enough, we don't really care too much about our, our quote unquote competitors because we really think our number one competitor right now is our clients themselves. Those clients that are, that are um, still hiring locally and hire, do the hiring, all the hiring on their own. And we all know that business owners are not great at hiring. They don't like the right. process. It takes a long time. The accuracy uh, is just not there. And I think the, 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 the thing that keeps me up is kind of related to this idea of now hiring a CMO is how do we articulate what we do to somebody who hasn't heard us before? Because when one business owner says to another, hey, Winter, you really should speak with work better now. I know you're looking to fill this position. They've helped me. That's all you really need to hear. If it's a business right. owner, you know, boom, you're done. But if it's in a cold environment, so you don't know us, it, it's very strange what we do. We have 
you have people that are outside of the country and we don't, they're not on our payroll. We pay them through you. It's kind of two very different things. And we, that's the thing is how do we explain that in a very convincing way uh, to people who aren't familiar with us? And, and, and it is marketing. Okay. It, it is the most frustrating and beautiful thing all at the same time. And so true. I studied marketing at Florida state back when our football team was good. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a bit of an old school marketing way. It was all about press. It was all about getting your name out there. And I remember stuffing press releases in an envelope. That's like how long I've been doing marketing. Um, but that, that question is the age old question. And there is not a shotgun solution to it because you've got all these digital agencies that specialize in B2B and, you know, yet they can put together a $50,000 campaign and it not work, you know? And so it's like, but, but you're, what you're selling is important and it matters. And so I have no doubt that you'll be able to figure that out along the way because, but it is, I mean, like, it is the number one department that all owners are frustrated with is just marketing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and not and only goes, it's marketing and marketing goes, it's sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Well, we're going to, you know, we'll see if we have that issue when the once the CMO joins. But by far, it's it's our biggest challenge. And you have to remember that the way people are buying has changed just in the past five years. Yeah. Right. So that's why things like. A LinkedIn ad might, I'm just make, using that as an example, might have been really effective, done the right way five years ago, but it's less effective now. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, but right. you kind of have to change the way you're rolling that out. So that that gets back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, as business owners, we really have to stay on top of how things are changing and stay one step ahead of it. Yeah. How do you see the future of your industry, you know, evolving and changing and how do you prepare for it? Yeah, I, I don't, I got to tell you, I don't really focus much on our industry. I, I think people keep telling me that we're in the staffing business mm -hmm. and I don't feel like we are. Um, I, I guess if we had to pick one, maybe we are. I don't look at the staffing business at all. What I look at is our customers and how their needs are going to change. And what I, what we're really orienting ourselves for, and we already have these relationships with several clients, is we are just going to be viewed as their talent partner. So if there's a if there's a role that is somewhere between entry level and managerial, and it can be done remotely, it doesn't have to be on premise, they come to right. us first. And we have a number of clients like that. And then that's how I see the future is that we have, I don't know, call it five to 500 to 1,000 clients that just say, work better now as my talent partner. And, um, you know, it's a great model. It's a great model for me. Not only am I getting great people that want to work, that have great attitudes, but it's also very cost effective because- the cost of living is a lot less in Latin America than it is here in the States. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you had to do it all over again, talking to your younger self as somebody who is, I mean, obviously been in several companies and built one, um, what would your advice to your younger self be? That is a great question. So I, I would go back to the company that I started in 2003. It was called the New York Enterprise Report. Um, and it, it was a media company in the New York area for business owners. We had a magazine. We did the small business awards in the New York area. Um, and, and with that, I built an amazing uh, network. But you know what? I built a great company at the wrong time. 2003 was probably not a great year to start a magazine. Ten years earlier would have been a big difference. 
And it wasn't a very financially successful business. I know a lot of people who were in our community thought it was, and it seemed like it was. We had national advertisers. And I would have exited the business a little sooner, but I loved it so much, was convinced that I could turn it around and, and you know, turn it into a $10, 20000000 million company. Um, and I, I think I, I hung on way, way too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's all, it's always hard to know when it's just the right time to pull that plug or whether you just forge forward and poof, you know, you make that turn and you make that switch. What's one great piece of advice that you've gotten from somebody along your leadership journey? Goodness. I've been fortunate to know, you know, business owners that you've been heard of that have built 50, hundred million dollar businesses. And I know many very well-known entrepreneurs um, because I interviewed them for the magazine and so many of them are still uh, friends to this day. And I'm going to say there's one that that's kind of, there's two people I think it came from. I think it came from both Jack Daly, who's a world-renowned speaker and yeah. Norm Brodsky, a legendary entrepreneur, very, good friends with both of them. And it's something to the effect of you don't you don't um, live to work, but you uh, you work to have a life and the life that you right. want. And um, that's something I probably didn't pay much attention to my my first ten years of being an entrepreneur, which that was already twelve years of being a professional. But I certainly have been paying attention to it and and trying to live by that. I would say over the past eight to ten years or so. It, it hits in your forties. You know, exactly have, exactly it's something that hits like my husband all the time he's eight years older than me and i'm 45 and he'll say like you right now where you are right now how you're you're calm about this and you're chill about this three years ago you weren't chill about this thing i can literally watch you you know chilling out <laughs> my dad always said too he said his 20s were about partying his 30s were about work his 40s were the first time he could like slow down and enjoy his kids. And he's like, there's nothing like your 50s. So um, I, I, I think it's something that happens along your professional journey is just realizing that you don't work for the money. The money works for you. Exactly. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm a perfect example of, of, I guess, what your dad said. I'm in my 50s. You know, last year, I probably went to two or three dozen concerts. I saw a dead and company eight or nine times. Um, you know, all while while growing the business. Uh, so, and it doesn't mean we're we're working necessarily uh, less hard. We're just working a lot a lot smarter and realizing, you know, like the weekends are for family and friends, That's and, right. and whatever That's other right. personal stuff you're doing. That's right. All right. Well, if somebody wanted to take the next steps with you, what would they do? Just go to workbetternow.com. Learn a little bit more about what we do. It's not for everybody. Um, you know, I've had people that said, "Oh, well." Um, you know, I guess you'll provide, you'll, you'll train somebody on my business. Actually, we can't train them on your business. We can provide you with really great talent, um, that that's ready to, to help you fulfill your mission, but you know, we can't really train them on your business. You need to do that, but you can determine if it's right, ready, right for you on our website. And if it is, there's just a button that says something like schedule a consult, 15 minute call with one of our client consultants. They'll help you further figure out if we can help you and then. Hopefully you'll be within a few weeks of uh, of a great hire. Awesome. Well, we we loved having you here today. Um, I, I love the concept. I love what you're doing. I think you've got a great attitude about how you're approaching everything. And um, I think our listeners will definitely really enjoy this one. 
Awesome. This was, I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm looking forward to uh, the opportunity to do it again with you, Winter. Maybe awesome. sometime later this year or next year. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. If you are a service-based business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder with under 10 years of experience, and you are in the trenches of growing your idea or business, and want to bring your inspiring story of change, challenge, and success, all while promoting your business and gaining exposure with a remarkable and influential network, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can share their journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our entire audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter by going to LinkedIn and searching The Shift Spot. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world, and we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.